This is episode number 205 with Marissa Pia. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl and Open Wide. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe, as well as your weekly dose of motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? I just wanted to quickly remind you that if you haven't already, make sure you hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app. Mine is Himalaya. For those of you that have not heard of Himalaya, it's an epic brand new podcast app, which has so many awesome and unique features no other podcast app has, like episode and channel playlists. It's free, so easy to find new shows, and is really user-friendly. So head on over to the app or Google Play Store to download it today. Don't forget to follow me once you're done so that you can listen to my episodes one day earlier than they're usually released. Pretty cool, huh? Marissa is the creator of the multi-award-winning Rapid Transformational Therapy and the founder of IamEnough.com. She's also an international best-selling author, motivational speaker, personal development expert, and leading celebrity therapist. Training early in her career as a child psychologist, she later earned further qualifications from the Hypnosis Training Institute of Los Angeles and the Pritikin Longevity Center. She is listed in the Tatler's Guide to Britain's 250 Best Doctors. That is huge. And she has been described as the great British pioneer by Men's Health magazine. And she is the only woman featured in an article on the best of British. That is pretty cool. And in today's episode, we chat about her story and how she got to where she is today doing the work that she now does how she's helped women with bulimia and anorexia, the biggest three issues that she sees most people have and how to transform them. She also talks about how to rapidly transform all areas of your life. We talk about what is hypnosis, the power of hypnosis, and the power of the mind and our words. We also talk about the difference between hypnosis and guided meditations and how to use hypnosis during childbirth for a blissful experience, which is what she had. And we also talk about the power of singing and humming during childbirth, or any difficult task for that matter. What is RTT, Rapid Transformational Therapy, and so much more. And for everything that we mention in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes, and that is over at melissaambrosini.com forward slash 205. And before we dive into this epic conversation, I want to read this week's review, and I am so excited. It is a five-star review, and it's from Mindful Wellness. And she says, Oh my goodness, where do I start? I'm currently studying with IAN to become a holistic nutrition and health coach and listening to these podcasts, whoa, just adds so much value and aha moments. 
I work within a health movement and I've been sharing these episodes with my clients to inspire them into action. Often I have just read a book or reading a book and boom, Mel has them on her podcast. So many golden nuggets covering all things holistic health. I just love. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you so much, Mindful Wellness. I'm so grateful for your beautiful five-star review and so grateful that you're sharing the podcast. That means the absolute world to me. And just a reminder, if you want to be the review of the week for next week, to head on over to iTunes and leave me your five-star review right now. I'd be so grateful. And now, without further ado, let's bring on the amazing Marissa Peer. Welcome, Marissa. I'm so excited to have you on the show. But before we dive in, can you please tell us what you had for breakfast this morning? What did I have for breakfast this morning? I had a cold-pressed coffee Nutribull. It was yummy. Oh, delicious. Now, I'd love to hear about your story and how you got to where you are today doing the wonderful work that you now do. How did this all unfold for you? Take us through the whole story. Okay. So my father was a very eminent headmaster and I always wanted to be some kind of child psychologist. So I began the training, but I realized very quickly it wasn't quite for me because when you work in child therapy, or at least the work I was doing, you always have three clients. You have mother, father, child, usually divorced. And it, it was very frustrating. I think now I could have done it, but I was probably just too young and impatient. And I've always been very keen on fixing things like immediately. So I left the world of therapy and went to work in Los Angeles as a personal trainer, which was very different indeed. And I did love it, but Every girl I worked with, or at least every third girl, was bulimic or anorexic or had body dysmorphia or was an exercise compulsive. And I was always looking at, wow, there must be a better way to treat this. And almost by chance, although so many good things in my life came about by chance, if there is such a thing, I found hypnosis. And and I found an extraordinary hypnosis teacher And I realized that there indeed was a way to work on eating disorders. And I always had this dream that I would keep my practice as a exercise instructor. They weren't called personal trainers then and, and cure people with anorexia and bulimia at the same time. And in fact, it I became so busy that I had to leave personal training behind altogether and developed a very, very successful practice really fixing, I'm not sure you can say the word curing, you can in England, curing anorexia and bulimia in sometimes only three sessions, sometimes two. And then people would ring me up and go, look, I know you're the bulimia girl, but I have dental phobia or bee phobia or phobia of heights. I just want to see you. And then I realized how much more interesting it was to diversify. So I began to see people for everything. And over a very long career working with and supermodels and actors and singers and royalty and Olympic athletes, I also began to see what's really wrong with people. And, and I began to sort of categorize what's wrong with people and how can you fix them super fast. And fortunately, what I was looking at really worked. So I started to teach people, look, you don't have to go to therapy every week for 10 years. There's only three things wrong with everybody. And then I began to teach people my method about this. Look, there's only three things wrong with everyone. There's only three things you need to know about the mind. 
And if you, you follow this formula, you can get phenomenal results with your clients. And, and that's where I am today. I've written some books and I travel all over the world. And I was in your beautiful country in December teaching two sellout courses to some Australians who've gone on to do incredible work as RTT therapists. And we're really proud of them and proud of our therapy. And we're coming back in Melbourne, got another course. And um, it's wonderful that we love it, but it's wonderful that Australia has really taken it to heart. Yeah, that's awesome. So what are the three things that are wrong with everybody? Okay, I, I thought you might ask that. Well, the first one, and of course, I have a whole movement against this, is most people in our in our modern world believe they're not enough. You know, I spend a lot of time in Africa, and even though it's a poverty-ridden country, I don't see that there. But here we have this sickness of I'm not pretty enough, I'm not young enough, I'm not rich enough, I'm not successful enough. And if you look at the Britney Spears of the world, or indeed the Whitney Houstons and the Amy Winehouses, they have everything except they never think they're enough. If you look at Keith Ledger, I believe he was an Australian, such a beautiful, talented man. But that I'm not enough is is so ingrained into people. And it's behind everything, every addict, whether it's to drugs or drink or sex or shopping or indeed shoplifting, is fed by I'm not enough and therefore I need more hoarders. I'm not enough. I need more workaholics. I'm not enough. I need more praise, more Oscars more nominations, more press. I need more something. And and so when people come to see me, I don't treat what I call the presenting problem. I've got bulimia or I'm a hoarder or an alcoholic or indeed a drug addict. I always treat what I call what lies beneath. Oh, you don't think you're enough. And if you look at, let's look at Philip Seymour Hoffman, a phenomenal actor, but a terrible drug addict because of his belief that he just wasn't enough. And then the second thing wrong with people is this belief that what I want is not available. I want to be off antidepressants, but I've got the antidepressant gene. I want to lose weight, but my whole family are obese, and no matter what I do, doesn't work. I want love, but my dad left when I was one, never saw me again, therefore I'm not lovable. And so this wanting something, while you have a block that says it's not available, I want wealth, but I've got a money block. I want love, but I've got this block. So that's the second thing wrong with people. They pursue a goal and a dream, but they already have this entrenched fixed belief. It's not available. I can get it, but I can't keep it. I can get it, but I can't maintain it. I can get it, but the price I'm going to have to pay makes it almost not worth getting it. And the third thing wrong with people, which is really interesting, is this feeling of I'm different. I'm different. And therefore, I can't connect. And it's wired into our DNA to need connection, which is why putting people in isolation is such a terrible punishment. And, of course, we used to live in tribes and we were all the same. And we never had to think, I'm different. But we live in multicultural societies. And we label ourselves as different. And when you're different, you can't connect. When you can't connect, that's incredibly harmful. And I tell all my clients the same thing. You know, everyone's greatest fear after dying is to be different. And if you fear being different, you know what that makes you? Makes you the same as everyone. And everyone is the same as you. So if any of you think you're different, that very fact that you think that means you're actually just like everyone. And everyone is just like you. Mm, So 
people listening there, they might be thinking, okay, I have those three beliefs, or maybe I have one of them more prominent than the other. Mm-hmm. Now that we're aware that we are telling ourselves those things, I call it the inner mean girl. The inner mean girl is telling us that I'm not enough or I'm different. What can we do about it? How can we transform that? That's a great question because indeed the way you feel about everything without question is only down to two things, the words you say to yourself and the pictures you make in your head. And when you start your day going, I'm different, I can't connect, or I'm just never going to make it, or this is just not going to happen for me, you turn into your words and pictures because the strongest force in every person is that every thought you think. And indeed, every word you say is a blueprint that your mind and body work to make real. So here's how to do it. The first thing you do is every day you tell yourself you're enough. Write it on your mirrors in lipstick, in eyeliner, in a marker pen. Write it everywhere so that you're reading it the minute you get out of bed. Put it on your fridge and fridge magnets. Put it on your phone alerts. Even put it in amongst your passwords. So you have to type that, write it, read it, and speak it every day. Once you join the I'm Enough movement, I guarantee it will dramatically change your life. And then secondly, start to say, I'm the same as everyone. And everyone is the same as me. I'm not better than, but I'm not less than. I am more than good enough and I'm the same. And thirdly, whatever you want, keep saying what I want wants me. And what I am moving towards is moving towards me. And everything that I want and is good is available to me. Because, you know, when you're in the womb, no baby is born thinking, well, I shouldn't have food, but it costs a lot of money and I shouldn't wake up my mom because she's super tired and I shouldn't ask for this toy because they don't have money. In the womb, it's like being in Hawaii. It's always 75 degrees. You have 24-hour room service. You're connected to another person. No baby ever has a belief that I want something not available, which is why if you don't come to a crying baby, they don't stop. They scream because their belief is someone is going to come and take care of me because I'm worth it. And then you have to ask yourself, when did that go away? Very quickly for some people. And all you're doing here is actually reactivating and reinstalling and regenerating the phenomenal self-belief that you were born with. So tell yourself you're enough. Tell yourself that you're the same and you can connect to anyone and that whatever you want is available to you and it will start to really change your life powerfully, dramatically, and even better, really fast too. Mm, I love that. I've been a massive fan of affirmations and mirror work for many years and it's really been super helpful and supportive for me on my journey and I still do it to this day. Me too. But another thing I am really fascinated with is hypnosis. So I watched a video online. It was uh, Marshall Silver and his wife, And she was giving birth under hypnosis and she literally hummed the baby out. It was the most beautiful and blissful thing I've ever seen. And I'll put a link to it in the show notes for anyone who wants to go and watch it. But I want to know, can you tell us about how we can use hypnosis for rapid transformation? So how can we use it to help us with these limiting beliefs? And how can we use hypnosis to improve all the areas of our life from our health, our work, our relationship with money, our relationships, and 
even childbirth. I mean, the Maasai do that. The Maasai sing to an unborn baby and they, the whole, the whole group sing the baby out of the womb. It's actually extraordinarily beautiful because in the womb, the most developed sense is actually hearing. So hypnosis is a tool to get into the subconscious mind. That's all you need to know. You have a subconscious mind and a conscious mind. And let's think of it this way. Your subconscious mind is like a wild, crazy, beautiful stallion. And your conscious mind is the part that goes, I don't even know how to ride that beast. I mean, I can get on it, but it's probably going to go where I don't want to go. So you've got to master the stallion. You've got to master that beautiful horse or Ferrari, if you like. And, and we try to use our conscious to master the subconscious, and it just doesn't work because the subconscious is so much more powerful. It never sleeps. It's always there. It's always working to protect us. And so I believe that you have to understand your subconscious. I have something called the rules of your mind that explains exactly how to understand your subconscious. Then you have to talk to it. You have to speak to it. You'd speak to a PA or indeed someone that comes to work for you. And you have to give it very clear instructions on what you want and not what you don't want. It's like if you're driving on the highway, I don't want to crash, I don't want to crash, I don't want to crash. That doesn't help if you're driving in fog or rain or sleet. You don't go, I don't want to crash. You go, I've got to drive very carefully. I've got to be very precise there. I've got to go slowly and keep my eyes on the road and be very aware of what's going on. And if I drive carefully, I can get home safely. And the mind is very much like that. You must tell it what you want and not what you don't want. It's like getting into bed and going, oh, my God, I must sleep. I'm not going to get enough sleep. If I don't have enough sleep, I'm going to be so tired. Tomorrow I'm going to mess up my day. Rather than saying to the mind, okay, it's now midnight. I now require to sleep until 8 a.m., deep, unbroken, perfect sleep. Because we go, I've got to fall asleep. I've got to go to sleep. But there's nowhere to go. You don't fall anywhere. So our language is a big handicap in how we talk to ourselves. I don't want to gain weight. I don't want to mess this up. I don't want to screw up this date, screw up this presentation. When you talk about what you don't want, you get more of it. It's like saying, I don't want to think about a green apple. You have to think about it just to not think about it. So one of the rules, I'll give you a few rules of your mind. It's what I train all my grads to do. The first one is one I've just mentioned, but it's so important. It's worth a second mention. Every thought you think and every word you speak is a blueprint your mind and body must work to make real. And if you only knew that, you would make sure that every word you said and every thought you thought were better. And as long as you can do this 80% of the time, it's enough. Second rule of the mind, your mind learns by repetition. Third one is your body and mind must act in a way that is consistent with your thinking. And here's a favorite, you make your beliefs and then your beliefs make you. So you have nothing to lose and everything to gain by making your beliefs extraordinary. But the dialogue, and you know, we're all taught if you have a business and you can learn to communicate with your customers, if you have a marriage and can learn to communicate with your partner, if you have good communication skills, your life will be better. And that's true. But you know what? If you can communicate and collaborate with your mind, your life will be extraordinary. You know, even let's imagine you just go for a run. You go, oh, God, that last bit kills me. 
my, I'm, I'm burning up and it's agony. I mean, I do Pilates and it's where you go, oh my God, my thighs are on fire. I can't do another <laughs> rep. Or I could go, wow, I love this. This is amazing. I like the burn. I like the fire. It's proof that I'm working my body and my body likes running up the hill. The favorite bit is the last five minutes because your mind never stops to argue with you. It just lets it in. So dialogue with yourself better. And I heard you talk about affirmations. I love them too, but I actually prefer to call them statements of truth. And I find some affirmations like, oh, it's a wonderful day and the sun is shining. Well, if you live in London, that's not always true. But you can have good statements. Here's one I love. I have extraordinary coping skills. I have phenomenal coping skills. Whatever's going on in my life, I take it in my stride. I love my life. Rather than going, life's wonderful walk through the park, because, you know, sometimes it just isn't. But you can make your life a masterpiece if you dialogue with your mind on a regular basis using positive words. They must be in the present tense and they must make a picture. And this is not positive speaking. It is specific, detailed, relevant, up-to-date dialoguing with yourself. And it will make your life amazing. Mm, I love that so much. I always say the universe is listening to your words and thoughts. Every cell of your body, your body keeps score. Everything you say, you know, I was telling someone recently that one of my clients used to sign all his emails, busy, 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 wish I was dead. And he got cancer and died in three weeks. But that's an extraordinary thing to sign off. Busy, 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 wish I was dead. Or people say, this is killing me. I'm dying under pressure. If I'd die if I get another rejection. It would kill me if my next relationship didn't work. I'd rather die than give a presentation. And and your body listens to that and says, you'd rather die than give a presentation. Why don't I just give you massive panic attacks? Now you can't give presentations. Now guess what? You can't die. And you know, we say that if one more person breaks my heart, it would kill me. And then we wonder why we can't have a relationship because we tell ourselves this stuff. I'm the size of a house. No matter what I eat, I look like a horse. I eat like a pig. I mean, none of this is true, but the mind doesn't have a sense of humor. It certainly doesn't understand irony. So if you say I've eaten like a pig for 24 hours and now I'm the size of a barn, your mind doesn't go, come on, how could you be the size of a barn? How could you be the size of a horse? It just goes, okay, yeah, that's who you are. Mm, Wow. It's so important. Our words are just so powerful. And it's so true. You know, the universe will give you more of that. Your cells are listening and they'll act accordingly. So if you want to transform any area of your life, like maybe it's your health or your relationships or career or your relationship with money, then start to be super mindful of what is coming out of your mouth. This is a great place to start if you want to transform that particular area of your life. I have to interrupt this conversation to tell you about one of today's sponsors, Wix. Now, I believe we all have something special to share with the world. And a beautiful way to do that is via a website. And Wix makes creating your own website and you sharing your message with the world super easy. You get total creative freedom. You have infinite design possibilities, which means that you get to create your own unique yet professional masterpiece. 
Wix takes care of all the heavy lifting like reliable hosting to keep your website safe and secure, custom domains and mailboxes, email marketing and more. It's super user-friendly, but so slick that people will think you hired professionals. Plus, they have just launched Wix Turbo, which means your website loads faster than ever before. And I want you to share your message with the world. So Wix and I are giving the MA Tribe 10% off when you upgrade to Wix Premium with the code MA Tribe. How cool is that? Now, let's get back to this conversation. Can you take us through a hypnosis? Like, I would love to, yeah, have you take us through if that's something that you'd, you'd be open to. All right. So first of all, let me tell you how to get into hypnosis, which is not scary. It's actually extraordinary. The trick, and it is a trick, is to look up as if you're looking into your eyebrows. Keep your eyeballs up and then close the lids down. So let's quickly rehearse this. Just look up as if you're looking into your very own eyebrows. Keep your eyeballs up. And keeping your eyeballs up, just close the lids down. Now you may find a little fluttering going on, which is called REM. Because when you look up like that, you get a burst of alpha. And alpha is both a relaxing brainwave and one where you're able to accept good suggestions. And now you know you can do it. Let's do it properly. Make yourself comfortable. Just make sure your feet and hands aren't touching. And all I want you to do is look up. Keep your eyeballs up as if you're looking into your own eyebrows. Take a deep breath. Breathe in. And breathe out. That's beautiful. And again, breathe in. And every time you blink, deep, deep, powerful hypnosis is coming upon you. And just one final time, breathe in, keep your eyeballs up. The more you blink, the deeper and faster you are getting ready to go into hypnosis. And as you exhale, keeping your eyeballs up. Just close your eyelids right down, all the way down as your eyelids shut down. The muscles and nerves in and around your eyes are becoming heavy, droopy, drowsy. Your eyelids are starting to feel as if they have been glued shut, sealed shut, locked tight. Just forget all about your eyes. Just allow a drifting floating feeling to develop in your body, just drop your chin as if you're looking down 10 steps. Just get that looking down feeling that you might get as you look down a flight of stairs. And as you count backwards, you're going to see your feet, hear your feet, and even feel your feet treading each step. Right now, you are looking down 10 steps. You're moving on to step 10 and 9 as each muscle. Every nerve turns loose, lets loose, and you go deeper. You're taking step 8. You can see your feet, hear your feet, even feel your feet treading each step as you go deeper. You are taking steps 7 and 6, going deeper into an awareness of yourself. You are taking step five and four as each muscle. Every nerve turns loose, lets loose, and you go deeper. You're taking step three and two 
you're taking step one, just allow yourself to go deeper, drift deeper, sink deeper, just go deeper and deeper. And even deeper into an awareness of yourself. Every time I click my fingers, just go deeper, drift deeper, sink deeper, just go deeper, 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 deeper. And as you go deeper, I want you to think about some issues in your life. Maybe it's stress. Maybe it's not being able to relax and let go. Maybe it's a money block or a relationship block. Maybe. It's because you just don't think you're enough and that's why you haven't got the loving relationship you want or you have but it's stressful or you haven't got the money you want or you have what you want but you're stressed and you don't sleep well because you're holding on to something and working for something with this inner belief that says I don't really deserve it. I'm not enough to have this. No one can have it all. So I'm going to count back and you're simply going to go back to why you ever switched from knowing you're enough. And I promise you that you were born with unquestionable certainty you're enough. And there's somewhere you changed your mind. We're going to go back and find out why. And we're going to get rid of that belief ever and that on its own will change your life. And just before we begin, I want you to know that you cannot relive any of this. You can just review it with fascination. It's going to be an aha illuminating moment that cannot hurt you because you can't relive it. You can just review it. Let's go right now. Your brilliant mind already knows, even as I spoke to you, it started to locate the scene, place, event, time, which is where you ever began to doubt you're enough. And right now on the count of five, you are going back to a vivid, vital, crucial, absolutely significant scene that is all to do with where you ever believed you were not enough. On the count of four, you are becoming years younger. On the count of three, two, and one, you are becoming smaller, lighter, shorter, drifting right back right now to a vivid, vital, crucial, significant scene, which is why you don't think you're enough, just be there. This scene in your mind where you are right now, is it daytime or is it nighttime? Are you inside or outside? Are you on your own or is anybody with you? And here's the only question that matters and the one that you can answer immediately. Where you are now, what are you doing, seeing, feeling? and experiencing. I want you to feel what you felt then, to see what you saw then. And as I click my fingers, your ears are open. You can even hear exactly what you heard then. One, two, and three. Here it comes. I want you to look over and around and right through that scene because this scene is all to do with how, why, where, and when you ever began to believe that you were not enough. And as you look over and around and through that scene, you see the truth. The truth is that when you've been on the planet for just a few years, maybe two years, maybe five years, maybe seven or ten years, but not that long, when you've been on the planet for just a little while, you form beliefs about yourself. 
You came to conclusions with a life experience and the mindset of a little kid. And you believed you were not enough, and that isn't true. But we're going to go to another scene to do with this same feeling again on the count of five, four, three, two, one. You are clearly, vividly, easily drifting back to a specific scene, a detailed scene, a vivid scene, all to do with believing you are not enough, not trying at all, just be there. And it's rather like you switched on your computer. A picture is warming up, coming into focus. This scene where you are now in this picture. Look over it, around it, through it, see how old you are, what you're doing, seeing, feeling. And more than anything, how this scene is linked to you buying into this belief that you're not enough. I want you to feel what you felt, see what you saw. And as I count to three, your ears are wide open. You can hear what you heard then. One, two, and three, here it comes. So I want you again to look over and around and through that scene with your adult mind and go, oh, yes, oh, of course, oh, wow, when I was just four or six or seven, I believed that. You see, before the age of four, you don't even have logic, only feeling. I haven't got what other kids have, so I'm not enough. My parents always shout, I'm not enough. I'm not smart like other kids, I'm not enough. And I want you to make this your illuminating moment, your aha moment, as you see how, where, why, and when you got that belief. And now, I want you to imagine you're holding those two scenes in your hand, the two scenes you went back to. You're looking at scene one and two like you're looking at two DVDs, but you're also looking at your life today to connect them. That's why I feel not smart enough, attractive enough, worthy enough. That's why I'm stressed and I can't sleep or I have money blocks or love blocks or success blocks. And I want you to understand the truth. You came to these conclusions as a child and that is not you. And I want you to say out loud, that's not me. That little kid in scene one is not me. I want you to repeat after me, that kid is not me because, and I want you to finish this sentence, because I'm not three, because I'm not that kid. I'm not the smallest kid in the class, the one who's left out, the one wearing secondhand clothes, one without a dad, whatever it is, just say, that's not me because, and that will never be me ever again because. And now let's go to scene two, the same thing, with a loud, strong voice, repeat after me. That is not me because, finish that sentence out loud. That can never be me for the rest of my long, gorgeous life because. And remember that when you're saying this, you're changing all the neurons. This is called practical neuroplasticity, rewiring, refiring, recoding your mind. So this is a bit like installing brand new software. As you look over and around and through those scenes, you can understand why you believed what you believed. But now you understand something so much better. That is not you. For the rest of your long, 
gorgeous, lovable life. It will never, ever, ever again be relevant or interesting or necessary. It won't even be remotely appropriate for you to ever again think the way you thought as a child or believe what you believed as a child. As a child, you couldn't know better. Now you know better. Now you're free. And now you can move on from one fantastic accomplishment to another. Let's just do one more thing for just a minute. I want you to put your arms around that little kid in the scenes you went back to. And I want you to move them to wherever you live now. I want you to move them into your home with your friends, your family, your own kids. And I want you to say out loud, even if it feels kind of silly, I want you to say, I'm becoming a loving parent to you now. I'm upgrading you into my world. This is a nicer, better, safer place. You're here with me, and I believe in you, and I love you, and you are more than enough, and everything you need is available to you. Love, joy, success, wealth, health. And I want you to literally upgrade that little kid into your life. Because you're not your childhood. You're not your past. You're not your school days. You're not the position you were in your family. And you're not your bank account or your weight or shape or size or years. You're not any of those things. That's what you are not. And what you are is deeply lovable. And absolutely enough, gifted, talented, meant to be here, meant to be you. And enough, and now that you know it, the whole world will know it too. Because as you wake up every day and go, I am enough, and write it all over your house, you don't just give yourself permission to be enough. You give the whole world permission to recognize your enoughness. And you recognize theirs, so knowing it. Seeing it, feeling it, living it, stating it, writing it, reading it, putting it into your passwords, putting it on your phone alerts, printing it on your pillow, making it your statement of truth. When you're ready, you can just slowly, calmly, easily just open your eyes and just come back into the room feeling amazing and feeling enough, not just sometimes but all the time, now, and for the rest of your life. So just open up your eyes. Mm. That was really beautiful. It's amazing what you can do in just 10 minutes. Mm. And, you know, if everyone could do that, bullying would just disappear. Trolling would cease to exist because... People who don't feel enough have a need to make everyone else feel they're not enough too. And when we know we're enough, we become generous and benevolent and happy. That's true. So how is it different to guided meditations? Well, guided meditations are wonderful, but guided meditations, it's a bit like going to the doctor and saying, I have a headache and he may give you a pill may send you to a massage therapy, may give you aromatherapy, but then you're treating the symptom. If you're anxious and you do guided meditation, you may become beautifully calm. If you're nervous and you do guided meditation, you may become very confident. But 
what I do is I go back to the source, what lies beneath. It's a bit like being a detective, looking for what's going on, then becoming like a dentist and extracting all that toxicity. So many, many wonderful things that work, including massage to relax you or exercise or yoga, all of which I love and believe in, but they're working on the surface. And I'm a great believer that you cannot fix forever what you don't understand. But when you go back and treat what lies beneath, why don't I think I'm enough? Why do I believe I'm different? So I'm isolating myself. Why am I blocking myself? When you can find that out and treat that, everything changes. And then guided meditation is wonderful. If you get rid of a money block, and then do guided meditation to manifest wealth, it will work. If you get if you uncover and remove a love block and then do a guided meditation for a beautiful relationship, it will work so fast. It's a it's a bit like if you went out and mowed your lawn, mowed off all the weeds, then went, well, they've come back. How did that happen? I got rid of them. No, you only got rid of them at surface level. You gotta take them out by the root, and then they never come back. Mm, that's so powerful. So a, a combination of the two could be a great thing for people to add to their spiritual practice. Oh, yeah. And so w- what I was thinking is, you know, it'd be really great for everyone listening to, you know, go through the different areas of their life, their health, their career, their money, their relationships, and work out the stories that they're telling themselves and do some hypnosis on those stories. Pull out those weeds, as you said. I mean, if you go to marissapeer.com, we routinely have five or six audios that we give away. We have little mini programs on money blocks, love blocks, health blocks, self-esteem blocks, and we give them away. So go to marissapeer.com and you'll find lots of stuff. Or go to imenough.com, join the movement. We give you lots of stuff. Why is this so powerful during birth? You know, I mean, I haven't been through it personally, but I've had lots of friends who have done hypnobirthing. And and then I watched that video with uh, Marshall Silver and where his wife just, you know, blissfully birthed this baby into the world. I think in the modern world, we're taught to fear birth. You know, you never see animals fearing it. You watch a horse or a cow give birth to someone with these long legs, and yet it's kind of seamless. But whenever we're taught to fear something, like fear success, fear speaking in public, you know, my little girl, when she was two, would sing, would give a little talk to me, pretend she was in a movie. But if I said to her at 13, sing me a song, she'd go, Mom, you're so embarrassing. Stop it. Because they've learned to fear fear being judged. And when you're taught to fear birth, you create cortisol. And cortisol is a stress hormone. And when you're singing or humming, it's why bomb disposal experts sing and hum. It's why Marines, when they're running, will sing because the mind cannot hold conflicting beliefs. That's another rule of your mind. If you are singing, your mind thinks, wow, you're relaxed. And it's very hard to be stressed and sing. So it's actually a very good thing to sing or hum through delivery. I would never use the word labor, by the way, because that's a terrible word. And that's what I did. I had an amazing birth. and I, But I also talked to my baby and said, I can't wait to see you. I want you to just flow out of my body and into my arms. And I had a wonderful baby who almost never cried because I was so excited about her birth. 
Um, but I also do remember that when my baby was born, my nurse and doctor came around and gave me a box of Kleenex. I said, what's that? And they said, well, it's for the postnatal depression. Everyone gets that on day three. The whole hospital is a sea of weeping women. I'm like, well, I'm not having that. I'm having postnatal euphoria. They're like, pardon? I said, no, I'm not signing up for the postnatal depression. I'm only going to do postnatal bliss. And they looked at me like I was mad. But I said, in fact, I don't even want to hear about that. Do not put that idea in my head. On day three, everyone has postnatal depression. That's a terrible thing to tell people. But you see, we do that. This is going to hurt. Periods of agony. Oh, we're going to get the cramp. We're going to call it the curse because it's so terrible. And that's that same blueprint. Tribes that don't know how to fear birth have different births. You know, you're not supposed to lie flat on your back like a stranded beetle. You're supposed to wander around and be totally relaxed and sing and hum and be so excited about bringing another life into the world. But the singing is a big clue because the mind cannot hold conclusions. If you're singing, you're happy. No one sings when they're miserable because I'm so depressed and think I'll burst into song. So it's a bit of a clue there. Yes, I love that. It's so true. It's so true. I notice, you know, when my husband's whistling or humming or singing around the house, or even when I am, I'm like, oh, or even my little boy, I'm like, yeah, it tells me a lot about what's going on inside for them. So that makes so much sense. So anybody listening, I want to encourage you to sing and hum whilst you are giving birth. Give it a go. See what happens. But even when you're working out, you know, you think, oh, I don't want to work out, but you put on some really uplifting music. Oh, I'm into it now. I mean, I have a Pilates machine in my house, but if I put music on, singing sends a message because I love doing this. I mean, years ago, I had to inject myself into the stomach every day for only for a month and it was a real stingy thing and I noticed if I sang it was fine and if I didn't sing not only did it hurt I had a massive bruise there so I would sing all the time and anytime you've got an exam in front of you just sing a little ditty I mean, why do you think politicians have songs at political rallies for the same reason it, it sets off belief, powerful belief. It makes you happy. Go and watch the Maasai singing. It just uplifts you, but it sends very positive messages to your mind. Mm, absolutely. I hope you are loving this episode as much as I am, but I have to interrupt to tell you about Skillshare. Now, Skillshare is an online learning community for creators. With more than 25,000 classes in design, business, writing, photography, and so much more. One of my goals for this year is to nurture my three hobbies, which are photography, dancing, and pottery. And on Skillshare, I've been able to hone my photography skills, which I'm loving. I'm currently taking the iPhone photography, how to take pro photos on your iPhone class, and I'm loving it. Also, being an author, I've checked out some of their writing classes, which I can't wait to dive into. They also have classes on social media marketing, illustration, design, and Nick is actually doing a few classes in music, which he is loving. It's great for anyone who is looking to discover a new passion, start a side hustle, or to gain new professional skills. It's seriously epic. And you can join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare with a special offer just for you. 
you can get two months free on Skillshare. That's right, two months. Skillshare is offering the Melissa Ambrosini Show podcast listeners two months of unlimited access to over 25,000 classes for free. How cool is that? And all you have to do is go to melissarambrosini.com forward slash Skillshare to get your two months free today. Happy learning. Now, I would love to hear if you could put one book in the school curriculum of every single high school around the world, besides your books, what is one book that you would choose? Do you know, I'm really sorry, but I'd have to choose my book because I think my book (laughs) is so designed. People write to me and say, this book should be in every school. Which one? Which one in particular? I am enough. And we've got an anti-bullying program in schools and we've got a lot of school systems that already say they love that book. So I wrote it to build people's self-esteem. It's it's not long, it's easy, and I already see people. Somebody wrote to me just last week and said I was going to kill myself and I kept came across your book and I'm here today because of that book. And so it sounds oh, awfully wow. arrogant, but I wrote that book to change people's lives. It was 30 years in the making. And my dad was an amazing headmaster who really understood what made children tick. And I really wrote that book to help adults and children have a happier life. So I'm going to recommend my very own book, I'm Enough. Oh, beautiful. Yes. Uh, We'll link to it in the show notes so anyone can go and read it because, yes, it's so important. It's so important. Now, I'd love to hear about how you set yourself up for the day. Do you have a morning routine? I love hearing about how people's days unfold. So can you share us, share with us your how your day kind of unfolds and in particular your morning routine? First thing I do when I wake up is I go, I love my life. I look out, I live on a canal in LA and I look at the canal. But even, even if I was living in on the train station, I'd go, I love my life. I love my sheep. I love everything. If it's raining, I go, I love the rain. So the first thing I do in the morning is focus on how much I love where I am, anywhere in the world, because gratitude is the best energy to vibrate at. But if you can go, I love this first cup of tea. I love this first cup of coffee. I love my shower gel. I love uh, you. You kind of train your mind to be so elated by small wins that big ones just make every day feel like Christmas. And so waking up, focusing on what you love rather than go, oh my God, I've only got an hour to get out of the house and I've got so much to do and I haven't got enough time and it's raining and I forgot to pick up my dry cleaning. So the first thing I do is that. Secondly, I tend to stay in bed with my lovely tea, my lovely sheets and do all my emails because I don't, I feel like I'm not working. It feels like I'm just having a great time. I answer all my emails, look at all my Facebook posts and then I get up. I start my day and my day may be working with my PA, maybe writing articles, it might be speaking. All this week I'm teaching RTT to my brand new school in LA, maybe flying, like I just went to Miami and then Vancouver and then Las Vegas to teach. But wherever I am, I always make a point of thinking, wow, I love this. What would I have given 20 years ago for this? And it's also very important to remember that whatever you think is your problem, like your flight's delayed, they've got a horrible food, the luggage hasn't come off the carousel, is someone else's fantasy dream come true. And, you know, I, I had to fly from Miami to New York to go on the 
today's show and I had to get a late flight and I didn't and, and then the flight was delayed and the luggage wasn't there and I just have to keep saying, you know, this is someone else's fantasy flying to New York to go on the Today Show to talk about my book. How could I complain about that even for a minute? I, I had practically no sleep. Even though I didn't have enough sleep, it, if you can get into that mindset of how lucky you are to be where you are, like your baby keeps you up all night, your husband leaves his pants on the floor, your kids <laughs> leave the sink full of dishes, you have to think, wow, someone else would love this problem. And it doesn't mean that I don't still give my husband grief for leaving the sink full of dishes, but you get it into perspective and it just makes you happy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's all about perspective, isn't it? It is. It is. Okay. I'd love to hear what is one thing that we can do for our health? Just one thing today that we could do to improve our health. Oh, well, probably laughing. You know, laughter is the best medicine. You probably know about somebody called Norman Vincent Peale, who was diagnosed with cancer and couldn't afford the treatment, but realized that the cost of the hospital room was so much. He checked into a motel and rented lots of movies and laughed every day and went completely into remission. So, you know, living in the moment is amazing for your health. Laughing, being grateful, but also listen to what you say. If you say stuff like, this stress is killing me, this commute will be the death of me. I'm at the end of my rope with all these emails. I've run out of bandwidth. My kids make me want to die. This is a nightmare that the best thing you can do for your health is say, I love my kids. Yeah, there's a lot going on, but I have great coping skills. I love my life. So change your language. I can't emphasize enough that changing your language will change your entire life, including your health. Mm, Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Good. And what's one thing we can do for more wealth in our life? So more abundance in all areas of our life. Yeah, because abundance means more of everything all the time. Well, look at your money beliefs. Just take a minute and try and remember what people said. Money doesn't grow on trees. Money is the pursuit of all evil. Only bad people go after money. If I have more, somebody else will have less. It's greedy to want more. Surely I've got enough. People won't like me if I have more. And then stop and remember the truth. There is actually enough money in the world for everyone. And you can have as much as you want as long as you're prepared to do good things with it. You see, if you can sit back and think, if I had more money, who else would benefit? The more people who will benefit, the more you're smashing those blocks and say, I don't deserve it. So get out of that scarcity. There isn't enough. It's greedy. I I should be happy with less, you know, good people, spiritual people don't have money. None of those things are true. So change your beliefs, it will change your life. Certainly change mine. Mm, Me too. Absolutely, me too. And what's one thing that we can do for more love in our life? Well, the same thing. You know, if you want love, there's only one thing you have to change, and it is not the shape of your thighs or your wardrobe or your makeup, it's believing that you are worth it. If you know that you are lovable, then you'll resonate that out and you'll attract and maintain love. So 
the only thing you need to attract and maintain love is an unshakable belief that you are lovable. No baby says, well, I'm not lovable because I'm a fat one. I've got milk <laughs> spots. I've got these triple knees. And it's such a shame that we do that to ourselves. You know, I love the fact that Rupert Friend, who was Carrie's best friend in Homeland, is married to an athlete that doesn't have any legs from the knee down. I love the fact that Hollywood movie star loves her. And I think her name is Amy Mulligan. She's certainly worth loving. I love the fact that the Gap model now has vitiligo on her face, but is stunningly beautiful. I love the fact that finally we're seeing people of different colors and different sizes and shapes who aren't perfect and going, yeah, they're lovable because we're all flawed people. And the best you can have in this beautiful life is to meet another person who's flawed just like you and have a flawed relationship together, but a beautiful flawed relationship because the unhappiest people I've ever met in my practice are always the same. People who try to be perfect, they're unhappy. They're usually alone too because they want perfection. It doesn't exist. Just love who you are. Love someone else for who they are. Let them love you and stop trying to be perfect. And know you're worthy of love. And then you'll find it, but also it will find you. Mm, Beautiful advice. Beautiful. I have loved this conversation so much. It's it feels like it's been a really warm, juicy, delicious hug, really, for my soul. So it's been really beautiful. Is there anything else that you want to share with us? Any last parting words of wisdom or anything else that I didn't ask you about that you'd like to share? I actually train people to be me, to do what I do, and it doesn't take three years at college. It's that we have an online course called RTT. We have live courses, and we have a combination of live and online. So if you would like to change the world, the way to do that is to change people, to make them feel good about themselves. And you can do what I do. Just go to RTT or rapidtransformationaltherapy.com. And you can do what I do. And it's the best job in the entire world. Yes. And we'll link to that in the show notes. But I have another question for you. What do you attribute all of your success to? Simplify. You know, Einstein said, simplify, simplify, simplify. And I've always seen the problem with therapy is that it's so complicated. You have anorexia. Oh my God, that's so complex. You need a complex treatment. You have bipolar depression. Wow, that's very complex. So the treatment must be complex. And actually, it's been my passion to simplify therapy so people can get fixed quickly and easily and go away going, finally, I see why I felt the way I felt and I can change it. So um, RTT is really simplified therapy. We won 13 awards last year, one after the other, because it's so powerful. But its, its strength is in its simplicity, rather like I'm enough. Its strength is in its simplicity, its honesty, and its truthfulness. Mm, Absolutely. And what are three things you're currently grateful for? Well, I'm grateful every day that I'm here and I'm healthy and I'm well. I love the fact that I live in LA and I live in London. So I'm grateful for my life, my husband, my daughter, my sister who work. We all work together. So we've got a great business. And I just, I'm grateful for life. I'm, so I love, physically, I'm grateful I'm healthy. I'm grateful that I have so much love in my life. And I'm grateful that I've got this amazing business where I get letters and cards and will say, you changed my life. 
Because, of course, when you change someone else's life, it, it changes your own. I mean, all our grads who train with us say, wow, I came to train with you to change other people's lives. I had no idea how much I changed my own. It's extraordinary. So, mm. yeah, I th and people think you can't have it all and that the price you pay is high, but you can have it all, all at the same time too. It's just a question of getting that right mindset. It all comes back to mindset. Absolutely. You can have it all. You absolutely can. It never occurred to me to go, no, I can't possibly have it all. You can have everything, but mm. you've got to believe you're worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I'm a massive believer in service and I want to know how I and the listeners can serve you today. What can we do to serve you? Oh, that's a nice thing. Well, we have an anti-bullying program that we're giving away to schools all over the world. Anybody can have it. So if you have any contact with children, whether you're working in a school or an after-school club or something like the Scouts or the Brownies, and you would like to get this anti-bullying program into schools or clubs or youth movements, or you're, maybe you're a foster carer, just go to marissapeer.com and we'll give it to you. It's a completely free program, but we really want to get this all over the world because I see so many adults in my office who are a victim of childhood bullying who have found it so hard to move on from. And I still work with children to this day who are bullied. So that would be my big thing to make a massive dent in bullying, not just of children, but of adults too. So write to us at marispeer.com, ask for the anti-bullying program, give it to your community and let's all work to stamp out bullying. Mm, so powerful and so important. It is rife at the moment and it's, it's so horrible. It's horrible and, you know, people are taking their own lives at such young ages. It's horrible. You, when I was a kid, if you got bullied at school, I didn't, but I saw it. And, you know, most kids who see bullying don't even interfere because they don't know what to do. They don't want it to be them. But you could go home at four o'clock, shut the door, and you had a reprieve until the next morning at nine o'clock. Now, because of the internet, it's in your right. bedroom, it's on your phone, it's in your computer. So kids can't even have a weekend off from bullying. Oh, that's horrible. That's really horrible. It's so important that we are aware of it and, and you know, we are... I think what you're doing with the anti-bullying movement is so important. So we'll link to everything in the show notes for people to go and check out. Absolutely. And I just wanted to say again, thank you so much for sharing with us today and for all the work that you do in the in the world, your amazing books, your programs and for giving us that amazing hypnosis. I'm so, so grateful. That was really beautiful. And, you know, I just loved today's conversation. So thank you so much. Okay, lots of love to you, darling. Take care. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Wasn't that a beautiful conversation? I loved that so much. I got so much out of it. I absolutely loved the hypnosis. I will be doing that one again for sure. And if you loved today's episode, please subscribe and leave me a five-star review in iTunes or on your podcast app, because that means that we can inspire and educate even more people together. And don't forget to come and join the private MA Tribe Facebook group where we can come together and we share insights from this episode. Plus, you can tell me who else you want me to get on the show. 
It's also a very sacred space where we can come together to discuss all things Mastering Your Mean Girl and Open Wide, along with anything else that you feel called to contribute to the open and honest conversation. You'll also get some extra love and support personally from me that I won't be offering anywhere else. And one thing that I get asked a lot is where can I find my tribe or where can I find like-minded people? This is it. This is the place. So head to melissaambrosini.com forward slash tribe to join now. And for everything that Marissa and I mentioned in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes. And that is over at melissaambrosini.com forward slash 205. And you can also listen to all my other episodes there too. And another thing I wanted to mention before I go is that if you haven't got my book, Open Wide, A Radically Real Guide to Deep Love, Rocking Relationships, and Soulful Sex, all you have to do is head to melissarambrosini.com forward slash open wide to get your copy now. And whilst you're there, you can get access to my free open wide video masterclass that Nick and I created just for you. And if you want to be the review of the week for next week, don't forget to head on over to iTunes to leave me that five-star review right now. This means that I can get even more epic guests on the show for you. And I read every review and I'm so grateful. So thank you so much in advance. And before I go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here for wanting to be the best and the healthiest and the happiest version of yourself and for showing up today for you. You rock. Now, if there's someone in your life that you can think of that would really benefit from this episode, please be an angel and share it with them right now. You can take a screenshot, you can share it on your social media, email it to them, text it to them, do whatever you've got to do to get this in their ears. And until next time, my darling. Don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word.